friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and if you're new to this podcast um, or you are fairly new and you've just been listening to the older episodes, but this is your first new episode, hi, welcome. I'm the host of the podcast, and I'm really excited to be back here with you today recording a new episode after a little bit of a hiatus um, that I wasn't really planning on taking, but here we are. Basically, after I opened the traffic accelerator for the August cohort, um, then about three weeks later, we moved, which was really stressful, um, even though we've done it a whole bunch of times, but it was still stressful. And then almost immediately after we moved, I got sick and I was sick for like two weeks. Um, So it's been a little bit of a rough run for me lately. But anyway, I'm back here for another episode and I'm glad to be back because I always enjoy the feedback that I get from new podcast episodes, whether it's an email or a DM or a comment on a post or whatever it is. Um, It is my way of kind of interacting with you guys and having, even though it's kind of a one-way conversation, but you can respond through various channels and it's nice for me to know that there are people out there listening and um, learning from the episodes. So today on this episode, we are gonna talk about three things to do during a slowdown of sales. I have gotten a lot of messages, DMs, emails, whatever, um, over the past, really, I would say the fall, Um, maybe like since August or so, where people have been telling me that their sales are down for 2022. Not necessarily just on Etsy. Um, It's kind of across the board, whether they're selling on Facebook or their own website or in-person events like craft shows, farmers markets, that kind of thing. Um, wherever they're selling, whatever their sales channels are, but that they're experiencing this slowdown of sales um, and they're kind of panicked about it or not really sure if they're doing something wrong. So I wanna talk through some things to look at with your products. I would love to tell you that No, you're not doing anything wrong, but there are times that, not that I wanna say that you're doing something wrong, but that there are ways that we can improve our products um, during these slowdown times. And there are times that the slowdowns are because of things that we need to address in our own business. Um, So we're gonna go through some of those today and talk through what that looks like, how to look at your business, and um, how to look at your products within your business. Okay, so the first one I want to kick off with, the first question to ask yourself during a slowdown of sales in your business doesn't really have anything to do with your individual business or your products, but is a broader question. Are there outside factors at play? 
it is impossible to separate out Etsy from the rest of the world and the rest of retail or e-commerce or anything um, in terms of sales and economic cycles that we go through. Sales and revenue and um, seasons in our business are going to be impacted by things that are going on outside of our business, whether that is something that is kind of specific to a platform. So for instance, um, negative press that a platform is receiving could hurt sales. Um, or if it's like technological changes, like for instance, for people who run Facebook ads, last year was um, a wild ride of Facebook ads as Apple implemented their, um, I don't even know what they call, call it. It's an iOS update that basically like blocked your information from being shared across platforms and stuff. So that impacted some people's ability to run profitable Facebook ads. Um, so even if it's like sort of the smaller scale changes like that or the smaller scale issues like that where it's platform specific or technology specific or whatever, um, and then also looking at the broader picture of things. So for example, COVID um, and shutdowns and unemployment being higher or lower, um, economic cycles, recessions, the stock market, all of those things. I'm not an economist, um, but I know that this has been a wild ride for people across many different industries just in terms of the stock market and the news cycles and all of that. So all of that to say that I think that it's very important for you to be cognizant of it because a lot of times people are coming to me and you know expressing their lower sales or their drop in sales or whatever during times that it's pretty obvious why things have dropped off and you know without I, I mean, there's a part of this is a little bit hard because I don't want to go back to somebody and say, well, there's nothing that you can really do. Retail sales are just down or Etsy sales are just down or Facebook sales or whatever, um, you know, because that makes you feel kind of helpless. But at the same time, you're not selling in a vacuum. Etsy is not existing in a vacuum. So it's impossible to separate out everything that's going on in the world and everything that has been going on in the world for several years um, with your own individual shop. And it's not realistic to expect that if retail sales are down across the board, that your shop is just gonna take off and have its best year ever. That's probably not going to happen. So um, I think that that's something to be very aware of. The second part of that is that I think that it's important for you to be very knowledgeable of your numbers as they relate to previous year's numbers, particularly um, prior to the pandemic. So this is a little more challenging if you started your business during the pandemic, but if you've been selling online um, for more than just 2020 and 2021, looking back at your revenue numbers and your sales numbers in 2018, 2019, the first quarter of 2020, what did that look like compared to this year's sales? This year, I would say, um, has dropped down for most people compared to 2020 and 2021, but those were the unique years, not so much, 
I mean, I don't know if you would say this year is a unique sales year. This year has been a volatile sales year in my experience, in my opinion. Um, but I think that it's important to look at the trajectory of your growth taking out 2020 and 2021, because there were a lot of people that saw a very dramatic increase in sales during those pandemic years, but it's not necessarily going to be sustainable as we kind of reach the um, post-pandemic years. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, uh, 2020 and then a 50% increase to 2021 and then a 50% increase to 2022 and 2023 and on and on. So looking back, if you have the data to look back at what your sales were like in the years prior to what you probably experienced over the last two years, which was a dramatic increase in sales for a lot of people. Um, and I think that that will give you a more realistic vision of where your sales, quote unquote, should be um, or what is more normal for your business. Likely what you will see, what I have seen with a lot of people, is that you kind of have this upward growth line. If you're making like a graph, it's like this upward growth line for 2017, 2018, 2019. And then it goes dramatically up during 2020 and 2021. And then 2022 has fallen back to like kind of normal. But if you took out those outlier years, it would still be up at like just a gentler slope. <laughs> um, so, so I think that that's important to recognize. One thing that I do um, find comforting myself when I have lower sales is to look at my traffic and my stats on Etsy um, or even on my website and see does um, is the traffic to my shop and the traffic to my listings staying about the same or you know in the same general vicinity of what it was before? It's just that sales have dropped off, particularly on like best-selling items or items that have a really strong sales history. So sometimes you can see if sales are slowing down in a way that's not really related to your product, if you have previous bestsellers that the conversion rate drops on. Sometimes low conversion re rates means that there is something wrong with the product or the pricing or confusion within the listing. I have a bunch of episodes about conversion rates if you want to address conversion rate issues. But if you have listings that have previously sold well, traffic has been solid to them, they've converted well, they have a strong sales history, and those listings are still getting a decent amount of traffic, but the conversion rate just suddenly drops, it can signal that people are just being more um, aware of what they're spending or they're planning for future purchases, but they're not buying right now. They're holding on to their money a little bit more. So they're still window shopping. Maybe they're adding it to the cart. They're still visiting your listing. They're still interested in your listing. They're just not making the decision to purchase at this time. For me, typically over time, I mean, this is not my first like economic slowdown since I've started my online business. So what I have noticed um, over time for my listings is the ones that have sold well in the past, the traffic stays really high to them, but the conversion rate drops on them. It usually has to do with outside economic factors. And then it will kind of pick back up again, um, or as the holidays get closer, it will pick up. Um, and so that's kind of how I gauge it. If that traffic stays the same or stays, you know, relatively the same, 
then I'm not so worried about it. It's not an SEO problem. There's plenty of traffic to the listing. People just aren't buying. So, um, you know, you can do all of the things that you do. If you have a lower conversion rate, make sure that everything's squared away and good to go. But at the end of the day, you can't make people buy something. So if they're holding on to their money and they're trying to cut outside expenses um, because of inflation or whatever, then they just might not convert at the same rate at the moment. The second thing that I want to talk about that is more um, individual listing specific is are your products still relevant? Sometimes we get really comfortable as the creator or the business owner thinking that we have this product that is a really solid seller and it's going to stay a solid seller and it's just, you know, chugging along and you're happy with it. But then the relevancy of that product, the trendiness of it or the um, function of it or whatever becomes a little bit less, um, I don't know, less popular, less relevant. I know I've used this example a lot, but I saw this um, on a very dramatic level with masks. People would come to me and they'd say, oh my gosh, my mask sales were just out of control. I, I had so much money, you know, so much revenue making masks and I don't know how to, um, you know, better optimize my SEO so I can sell masks at the same rate. I mean, I'm not really getting these messages anymore. This was more like last year I was getting these messages. Um, hopefully by now, most mask sellers have moved on to something else. But um, when I was getting a lot of these messages, you know, my, my response to them most of the time was, it's time for you to find the next product, the next pivot that your business is going to go through because this is coming to an end. Um, you know, big box retailers got into it the um, disposable masks and that kind of stuff that weren't available earlier in the pandemic. Um, people stopped wanting to wear masks. People stopped wearing masks. They weren't required as many places. All of that kind of stuff. So you can't boost a product that no one wants anymore. Um, you see this a lot with highly trendy products, the things like poppets um, or even things like those, I can't remember what they're called, those things that you stick on the back of your phone that like make you, it's like makes a little handle for your phone. Um, those were super popular and super trendy when they first came out and people had, you know, a whole shop full of ones that had different patterns on them and stuff. And now you can buy them for like a dollar at Old Navy. So, um, you know, products like that, when a large, when large retailers start to catch on and they create the same thing that's going to be significantly less, um, less cost, it's gonna be cheaper, then your ability to compete in that market is going to change, and that's fine. Um, again, this is happening a lot with trendy products um, over time. That's nothing new, and it's always, it's always been that way. Uh, so you have to be looking for the next trend or the next product or the next way that you're gonna differentiate yourself. As a side note, this is also why I am a huge fan of personalized products on Etsy. I think in almost any industry that you're in on Etsy, having personalized products 
works well for people um, and it allows you to stay relevant longer because you're not going to get the same kind of competition from larger retailers. For example, let's say you make makeup bags and you have a really cute trendy product or pattern. Um, you know, eventually that will catch on, there'll be more competition or the trend will die or whatever. But if you have personalized products, you're not competing with something like um, Old Navy or something like that. You know, now granted, as a personalized baby blanket seller, I am still competing with places like Pottery Barn that do in-house monogramming, but um, it's kind of a different customer. It's kind of a different vibe, so I don't worry about it too much. But for a lot of people, adding that personalization option can allow some of those products to stay more relevant for longer or to just give people that extra little thing that pushes them over the edge of wanting to buy it on Etsy versus somewhere else that they could buy it from that maybe wouldn't offer that kind of personalization. The last thing that I want to talk about um, as a question to ask yourself during a slowdown is, has more competition entered the market? I am not a big fan of comparing myself constantly to other people on Etsy. I don't think that it does good things for you mentally to constantly be looking at everything that everybody else is selling that's in your same niche or your same industry. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of doing that. And in particular, because my product is not super unique or special. So I buy my quilts wholesale, I add the monogram, and there are plenty of other sellers who do the same thing. They buy the same wholesale quilts and they add the monograms. And so you are getting almost the exact same product or sometimes the exact same product from a different seller. So when you have a product like that where people are entering the market and they are creating something that is very similar um, or the exact same thing, then the market does become, I don't want to say flooded. Y'all know I don't really love the idea of oversaturation, but it is going to drive down the price somewhat, or it's going to inspire you to create something that stands out about your product or that is slightly different, to put your own spin on it so that you can continue to command the higher price point. So for instance, um, I sell these monogrammed baby quilts and you can find, you know, tens of thousands of monogrammed baby quilts on Etsy. So how do I differentiate myself from um, other people that are selling the same thing? It could be the personalization ability of it. So different fonts, different colors, um, maybe like longer names or like first name, last name situations where they can do more. It could be little designs. For instance, I have one that has a cross on it that people buy for baptisms. Um, I've also had people ask me to do like a little heart or a constellation or something like that. Um, it could be things like uh, gift wrapping and your ability to send it as a gift and maybe you have really beautiful packaging. It could be your customer service. It could be repeat customers that are just super loyal to you. That's definitely helped me sustain my business during slower times because I have a ton of repeat customers, which is also really important that you have a way for people to connect with you so that you can reach them, whether it's on social media or an email list or your own website or whatever that you do, facilitate their ability to connect with you so that they will become repeat customers for you. Um, 
So some way that you can stand out. And so I think that this is something that is important to recognize across all industries. I don't want to say that things are saturated. I think that everything is somewhat saturated. So it's not just that one particular industry is or one particular product. If you have products that are not particularly unique, um, and I'm putting myself in that category, then the markets are going to be saturated. So the only options there are to make it more unique or to lower your prices or offer some sort of personalization or something. There has to be something about it that makes it stand out. And if it doesn't, because it's just not that unique of a product, then it's going to be kind of a race to the bottom with pricing. If they're all the same, if the products are exactly the same, um, then it's going to be a, a pricing thing. So I see this a lot in the digital space, and I think that it's gotten more and more true in the digital space where people are buying templates and then reselling them on Etsy or they're buying templates and all they're doing is like changing, you know, one of the colors or something and reselling it. So you're literally selling the exact same thing as everybody else, you know, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people are selling the exact same templates that they're buying without really making any major differences. And a lot of times what they're selling is not particularly creative to begin with. Calendars, planners, that kind of stuff, which we see over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, those kinds of products are going to be driven dramatically down in price because there's just such a, a glut of the actual product that it, it's difficult for you to stand out in that area because, um, because there's just so many. If I look up digital calendar on Etsy, there are 43,000 results just for a digital calendar. So how can you make that more unique? How can you make that more specific to the person who's trying to buy it? Because if you have just a calendar box or a a uh, printable thing that has boxes for the days on it, you're gonna be able to charge like 10 cents for that because nobody's really gonna wanna buy it. So the more competition there is in an industry, the more you are going to have to, ma to make an effort to stand out either through your pricing being very low or your, you know, some sort of something that makes it unique in terms of how you're presenting it, really beautiful photography, really nice packaging, that kind of stuff, or the actual product just has to be more unique. So this is something that I worked with really heavily with a lot of students in the Traffic Accelerator because it's something that's hard. A lot of times, particularly people who are just getting started, um, when you start to sell something or you're coming from a crafting background and turning it into a side hustle type thing, you begin, you kind of start with those more generic products. That is a starting point for a lot of us. You know, the... Um, I think when I started with um, my applique baby gifts, I had just like a name on a burp cloth and that was it. <laughs> um, you know, and then, so it wasn't even applique, it was just monogrammed. Um, and then I got into the appliques and then I got into more specific, you know, elephants and turtles and like specific things that would match nurseries and different patterns and stuff. So I think a lot of us do start in that more generic space, but in 2022 selling online, you can't stay there. It's got to be, um, 
Um, it's got to be something beyond those generic products. And so I, I do think that all three of these questions are very important to ask during a slowdown because sometimes there are outside factors that are causing slower sales that don't have anything to do with anything that you're doing wrong. But I think that there are a lot of times that there are things about the way that you're presenting the products or the competition that has entered the market, particularly in the past few years, as a lot of people have moved online to sell, that that should give you pause of how do I compete with this? Um, and that is not to be discouraging. That's not to say that your product can't compete, that there's just too much competition and your product can't compete. I don't think that at all. Um, I'm like the last person that would tell you that you can't compete in that market. But I do think that it means that there has to be something about you that stands out or that draws attention to your product or that makes your product unique or that makes it serve a very niche market. Um, and I see this with, I've, I have seen this over and over and over again with students. I also notice these trends in the way that things are made and, and the industries that get really popular on Etsy and what that looks like. So for instance, when I got started with monogramming, it was pretty popular to do appliques and stuff. But then as, the, like the next little wave that I saw, I guess, was um, like cricket stuff, vinyl, instead of monogramming. It was faster to do vinyl. Um, and then from there, it moved from like vinyl lettering to like laser cutting things. And now laser cutting is like all the rage and it's really cool, but there are a ton of people doing it. So these things kind of go, and that's just like kind of in that one little nursery market that I see, but this is happening across all industries, across all um, styles and everything. So this is always true. Again, hopefully this is not a discouraging um, episode. I'm really not meaning to kick off my um, little break I took with a discouraging episode, but I think that it is really important for you to realistically acknowledge what is going on in the world um, in terms of economic factors? What is going on in your industry and with trends at large um, in terms of the trendiness or the relevancy of a product? And also what is going on in terms of the demand and the, um, the market, the individual market, the competition that you're experiencing or the new people in the industry, the pricing of those new products and kind of where you fall in there. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, in Econ 101, they teach you about supply and demand. The more supply there is, um, then it's going to drive, you know, they work, they work like, <laughs> I can't remember Econ 101, but, um, <laughs> I did take it, but the more supply they, uh, there is, the less demand it is or whatever, it drives down the prices. So a glut of supply, a whole large portion of people that are selling similar things, um, there's going to be, even if there is high demand for the product, if there's a huge amount of supply there, it's going to drive that pricing down. And this is just also a good time to reinforce that it is extremely important to know your numbers when you're selling online. 
the better you know your numbers, the better you know the costs associated with what you're creating and your material costs and your time involvement and all of that, the more well-suited you can be to adjust your pricing according to what's going on in the market um, or what's going on in your individual industry. So I hope that this episode was helpful and not discouraging um, everything, you know, what goes up must come down, but what goes down also goes back up again. There are cycles of sales and it could just be that 2022 is not gonna be the best year for a lot of established sellers. That's okay, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean that 2023 won't be the best year ever. So, um, you know, it, it always is kind of in a flux and changing. Certainly the past few years have been very volatile. So it's been hard to even look at things and know where those trends are or what the seasonality of, of sales um, looks like. But um, hang in there, ask yourself these questions, look at your product, look at your industry, look to where you can make improvements in your shop and your business and your expenses and all of that. Um, and that's really all that you can do is to look at your own individual business um, and, and examine the areas of improvement for, for yourself. I will see you next week back here again. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.